Do you mean like sort of on the... Uh, I guess I love you. Tragedy struck. I see you haven't lost your touch. Hello, nerds. What is happening? Q here. And I am so incredibly overjoyed. I am joined by Iggy. That's why you're so incredibly overjoyed, right? It is. It, oh, okay. A hundred percent. No, 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 my friend. I I am excited because we are joined by the incomparable George Pilgrim. Hello, sir. Welcome to Nerdcast Recast. How are you? Hey guys, how are you? Nice to nice to be on your show. Um, sorry, I I uh, you know didn't really do my homework this time, but um, I I kind of get the gist of it, and you know which is cool. I mean, I love video games and everything in that world and that genre. Sure. So thank you for having me. It's an honor. Oh. I know Dane and um, Damon pretty well. You know, we did a CF three with Sean Whalen about yes. Texas cult film. Um, it was pretty cool. But I mean, there's so much. I, I mean, guys, seriously, with me, there's so much to cover. So you know, you tell me what you want to go. We can just jump into yeah. it. I mean, you know, I'm trying to get my hat on straight. Shout we've out. got an we've got an entire episode dedicated to you. <laughs> so you well, I say if it. we're if we're diving straight in, George, I'll let you know. I um was had the luxury of just this week showing. Tammy and the T-Rex to my teenage son. He's now 17 and my fiance, uh, both of their first time viewing it. Uh, and it was the, the hard R vinegar syndrome cut. So it was a treat for sure. And they did not walk away disappointed. I'll just put it that way. Uh, no, they were very pleased with that. You know, vinegar syndrome really did, I think a hell of a job on it, but the best part of the whole thing were the interviews, you know, Denise Richards, you know, did a great interview. I did a great interview. Sean Whalen, of course, Stuart Raffel, the director. I mean, you know, when we talk about classic sci-fi and cult films, guys, there's so much history about Tammy and the T-Rex. And a lot of people are like, you know, oh, you know, you're hitting it over the head to me. I'm not because this thing is still exploding and exploding and exploding. I mean, it's Viacom CBS owns the distribution rights to it, as you know, for Showtime. And you can watch it on Showtime anytime, Showtime On Demand. It's playing on Shudder. It's now streaming and playing on Hulu. It's playing on Apple TV. And it's blown up all over the world. You know, 101 Films just did it over in the UK, and it's exploded there. You know, and sure, the DVD has the interviews that's on, on there, which is great. But you're looking at film noir really at its, uh, I would say, classic level of intensity because these were all you know new actors so i keep turning left and right here i hate that well i can't which angle to go there but no looking problem. at first you know i mean sure you know people argue about this and that about if it's their first film but i can tell you working with paul walker you know he had been on young and the restless this was really his first feature film and this was my first feature film denise richard's first feature film and, of course, Ellen Dubin, the great actress Ellen Dubin from Napoleon Dynamite, among other things that she's done. And, of course, Evan Ramirez from Napoleon Dynamite had a cameo in it. And you got Sean Whalen. But the interesting thing that I've always talked about, we were all at United Talent Agency, me and Paul Walker at the time. And I was represented by the great late J.J. Harris that actually her one of her biggest clients was Drew Barrymore, who has her own show now. And I used to do script coverage for Drew Barrymore. And this was one of the first feature films that J.J. Harris, who founded Kevin Costner, you know, she helped create Ellen DeGeneres and then Drew Barrymore. She founded George Pilgrim. 
And one of the things I like to talk about this is when I was doing the script coverage and they gave me this script, I used to see Paul Walker all the time in the UTA lobby because he's represented by the powerhouse agent, Patrick Weitzel, who's partners at Endeavor, William Morris. And of course, whose ex is now, you know, with um, Jeff Bezos, you know. So these are powerhouse agents going in there. And, you know, at the time it was a million dollar budget, you know, which back in 93, 94, yeah, there was bigger films and we were writing, you know, piggyback on Jurassic Park and whatnot. But the reality was a million dollar budget back then. It was enough for Paul Walker, George Pilgrim, and even Denise Richards, who was at ICM at the time, to get tape on us for 35 millimeter to, to launch into big studio films like Warner Brothers, Paramount, you know, Sony. <clears throat> and we needed this pop. So we really, when we did the film and we, we did the script and read it, it was hokey as all. But I know for Paul Walker, I can speak for him because we were pretty tight during the shoot. We were playing it all in to get tape to his agent, Patrick Weitzel, and to my agent, UTA, you know, J.J. Harris. So <clears throat> the film that was really forgotten about that Vinegar Syndrome, um, Rubens, you know, Joe Rubin uh, found it and got it and did the first uncut R version of Tammy and the T-Rex. It's, it's beyond film noir classic because it's a first in every cinematic for good, bad, or ugly performance that there was. And I'm not talking sure. just about testicular standoff, guys. You know, I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, you, you had this budget, you know, and you had a million dollars and you need to make a film and everything was last second, you know, throwing it together. Sure. You know, even Denise Richards, when you watch her on the interview, she talks about that she doesn't look her nose down on anything because film on work when you're doing film begets more film and film work. So absolutely. And you were always nice to the first AD, second AD, stuntman, stunt coordinator. I don't care. You're always polite and nice on the set. So we really were all in on Tammy and the T-Rex at that sure. time. And, and it sounds like you were all cutting your teeth there as well. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like We were. We absolutely were cutting our teeth. And, you know, I had no idea that, you know, uh, P Paul Walker would go on to be Fast and Furious franchise star. We've been sure. these, The Rock and whatever. And I had no idea... Denise Richards would go on to do Starship Troopers, which was another film I was up for later down the road that I couldn't do because I was stuck on a three-year contract on Guiding Light for CBS. But, you know, the thing about this is we were just working actors and we were all in. And we were all young, hungry, you know, straight. Most of us out of film school or acting school, you know, I had studied at, you know, Tisch, NYU for a while. And then it was part, got into the actor studio. So we were all in. And we knew our agency and how powerful they were even back then, you know, that if our agents were putting up for this for us to do it, we had to be all in because we needed that 35 millimeter tape to go get the next big pop or a big pop. And it sure. wasn't like any of us were doing it for money. We were all doing it really um, because we were told to do it by these powerhouse agents. But it, like I said, it was really more about showcasing our talent as stars. And I can tell you right now, you know, JJ Harris believed in me, like I was the next coming of, you know, whatever. And I know Patrick Weitzel believed in, you know, Paul Walker, but there's just so many classic things. And every time I try to put it to rest, I mean, I actually have a poster from it, two of them in my room. And, 
you know, sure. Joe Rubin sent me a bunch of the DVDs that I always give out, you know, you know, it's whatever. But, you know, I have to say going back, this to me ranks probably one of the top five horror cult slasher sci-fi films of all time based on who's in it and who starred in it. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm. I'm just excited that, that the movie is getting that kind of resurgence and that second life. You know what I mean? For a long time, you know, I, I hosted one of the, the movie related podcasts, kind of like Dane and Dames on Project Nerd High Five. And for me, I'm a huge cinephile. So I'm I was digging into cult movies, underground movies, you know, B movies, these kind of things. And so I was well aware of Tammy and the T-Rex and when Vinegar Syndrome decided to do this re-release and it kind of started getting this second life, it was like one of my, I wasn't in any way involved with this film, but I was as excited as if I had a part in this film because I was like, yes, finally people are going to see this movie because it's such, it's such a, a, a interesting concept. It's such a, a real swing for the fences. You know what I mean? Like, like the movie is high concept. It's, it's wild. It's got some uh, killer performances, pun totally intended. Um, it, it's, it's awesome. And so to hear you talk about this being kind of like yours, Paul Walker, Denise Richards, you guys first kind of film, what an awesome film to to well, like really, you said cut your teeth on yeah it really was and i mean the stars that just trolled out of this damn thing poppy montgomery you know reef break you know she worked all the time you know abc she's you know talent for abc she became on a big star efren ramirez napoleon dynamite ellen dubin you know napoleon dynamite big stars and i mean you know the thing is is like the stuff that i'm involved with now which i can't really legally talk about but the huge factor that I'm involved with right now, next year popping. Now I'm not just talking about a gigantic book, but I mean New York Times bestseller situation, huge with huge people. I talk about it in this upcoming uh, novel and in depth about Tammy and the T-Rex and you know cutting my teeth on him, becoming friends with Paul Walker and him and I hanging out in Santa Clarita and Valencia where he would show up to the the food court and we'd make jokes and whatnot. But I think. Love it. The ironic thing is Viacom CBS owns this distribution that they're playing it on Showtime. I mean, Google Tammy and the T-Rex, click down to more options and see where it's playing. I mean, this sure. ain't no. And, you know, you can't say and laugh at it and say, oh, it never got a theatrical release. Guys, that's just not true out there. I'm tired of reading that every once in a while. We did get a theatrical re release for the uh, American film genre, and it did pop Man Chinese theater in Hollywood and a lot of places at film festival, COVID-19 hit, boom, it went to the video. Now, I'd like to see it get some birth, and it will probably on, of course, Netflix. It's already on Hulu. But if you look at the global expansion, you know, now that Viacom has gone over to Europe, it's taken off on their distribution platforms all over China, Russia, East Germany, West Germany, hell, even Japan. You know, it's, it's getting some birth over there. And I mean, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And I knew it had some guts to it because <clears throat> when I saw the guy that does the <coughs> kill count, when I saw it. Yeah. And I watched the ticker count go from a couple hundred thousand to almost two million within no time. And then it kind of slacked off. I said, shit, you know, I mean, this new genre <laughs> is seeing 
their star, Paul and Walker from Fast and Furious. And, and these stars sure. can't believe it. And they can't get enough. And I always tell people, and I want to tell anybody watching this, you got to get the DVD. And I have nothing to gain from it. But the interviews are just, you know, you've got the intersped archival footage from the film, which is crystal quality. I mean, crystal 4K, 5K. And you've got these interviews. And they're talking about their moments in history. I'll, yeah, the, I love the, it. The 4K is unbelievable. I will say I picked it up in 4K. Not just the interviews, you get a director's commentary. Yeah. But but remember, it's it's film. It was like you said, it was 35 millimeter film. So that yeah. can be upgraded to 4K quality that looks unbelievable. And it truly looks fantastic. Oh, okay. I was blown the, away. Facebook pages, you know, public George Pilgrim. I had hyperlinked a blog spot. I don't know the name of it. You have to go to my Facebook page and scroll down. And at the end of it, they have a lot of um you know, stock footage, I mean, pictures and the stills are just crystal clear that they took. This is somebody took, did it over in London. And I mean, there's like a hundred stills and they're crystal, crystal clear. You know, I knew this film was going to take off again because I used to be friends with David Goyer, the famous writer that did uh, Superman yeah. and mm -hmm. did Da Vinci's Demons. My girlfriend at the time, Amy Schwal, was best friends with his wife and we used to go over to his house in Hancock Park, and I told him, I said, I'm trying to get this film in and buy it, David. You want to help me? And we couldn't find it because we wanted to get the rights, and David was, like, all over, David Goyer. And yeah. we couldn't find the damn thing. I gave up on it, and about four or five years later, you know, it popped up. You know, and I'm not really sure how it popped up. There's rumors that, you know, he won it in a poker game in Beverly Hills, a private card game. There's Crazy. rumors that. He got his hands on it through the sun. You know, I mean, I don't really know really what the truth is. I've had brief conversations. Uh, with That's Ruben. a movie in the making just on its own. That the things behind this movie are a movie. Yeah. Every rumor from recording to this is amazing. Well, I mean, Escazar Louis gets indicted and he disappears to South America and hides the fucking footage. And it was his son that, you know, that gets it or whatever. You know, and Stuart Raffel's left there holding the bag and he didn't know what the hell to do with it. Who? Actually, he's a very good director and writer. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Stuart Raphael, you guys, Mac and me, but forget that. He had Passenger 57 with Wesley Snipes. I thought I was he was about to say, people often forget about that. Yeah, Passenger 57. And Stuart and John Frankenheimer at the time, who was another favorite director, who's, you know, John Frankenheimer's rumored to be Michael Bay's dad. I don't know if you know that in Hollywood. But um, John Frankenheimer, Stuart Raphael, and a couple other old time Hollywood directors. They directed shit old style. I mean, they really went for that Hollywood vibe and worked the actors and let them really run with it. And we directed most of our scenes. You know, I mean, like the testicular stand standoff that I talk about. Paul Walker and I were ready to quit the film because we're like, we didn't remember this being in the script. And we didn't want to cast it under the rainbow going into sure. that. We almost so they let us block it out with the stunt double and whatnot. And then Paul and I got comfortable. We went on, you know, later to shoot that, that scene, the way we shot it. But sure. That first in film noir, you know, right there was the, you know, testicular standoff. Now sure. It's embarrassing as hell. Your kids see it. And it's like, ow, you know, but God, <laughs> bowl of popcorn. If you're in a big old theater somewhere and you're like, you know, kind of partying a little bit and you see that scene, like what the hell am I watching? You know? <laughs> I'm telling you, like, and, you know, these kind of these kind of films, you know, take on a second life. This is a totally 
you know, this is going to be a, a, a strange comparison, but I, I mean it in more the way that, you know, it also found this kind of cult status. But so you have like Tommy Wiseau's The Room, right? This like famously crazy movie. And not only did it itself become very famous, but I mean, recently we had The Disaster Artist, an entire film that was just about the making of this film. And I would be damned if I didn't think a Tammy and T-Rex behind the scenes film needed to happen. Like, they're going to call it Tanny and the ta uh, Teenage Tyrannosaurus, right? That's what they'll have to call it. Yeah, I have calls from executives at Netflix and told me, would I be interested in you know, doing a slash documentary on this project and the story with it because of Paul Walker? Because there's been a lot of interest on it recently that I actually got a call. And I, I'm not sure if it's the heat because of you know my autobiography, Citizen Pilgrim, going into you know the New York thing that's sure. going to Viacom and CBS that we're, we're featured in. But... I wonder, like, you know, if this will be played out as a story, you know, about how this came about, how it was made, and the players that were behind it. I mean, you you got to understand, we had the biggest fucking agents, excuse my French, we had the biggest agents no. and the biggest agencies pushing us for their stars that were going to go pop 30, 40 million a film like Paul Walker did or whatever. Sure. You know, I, I was definitely on my way. It was just that, some people make it and some don't. I mean, I did make it, you know, yeah. but I didn't make it near the level that a Paul Walker did. I mean, sure, I did Time Master, Cameo, Michelle Williams. I got a three-year contract, CBS. I did Red Shoe Dyers, David Duchovny, but nowhere near the level. And I really think that because Paul Walker had that all-American smile and that all-American beach boy thing, that's why he popped. And of course, it didn't hurt having Patrick, you know, Weitzel. Sure. And, behind him but i think that tammy and the t-rex really because it's so crystal clear you can really see young talent just going for it you know i mean for sure the only thing that when i go back on it and i get it is you know the the dinosaur and the, the hokey animatronics because <laughs> we were being really piggyback as a comedy slash halloween type film slash sure. or movie we were for Jurassic Park at the time. So Jurassic Park had come out or was getting ready to come out. And we were going to piggyback that on Universal picking it up. Universal Studios was had the option on it, was supposed to launch this thing. And then, I don't know, something fell apart. They went left, they went right. And we never heard anything about it again. And there had been a big union strike at the time, too. So you were also getting people like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, uh, you know, God, a lot of big A-list actors today that weren't A-list, but they were packaged at UTA. Sure. That were put up for this, you know. Sure. I, I think the, um, Johnny Whitworth and, um, God, the other kid I can't think that works all the time is a big star. Ethan Hawke were actually up for Billy. I think Ethan actually had auditioned for it, and for some reason they went with me. Stuart liked me because I screamed the loudest, you know. I was, <laughs> <laughs> sure. But, uh, you know, I always, I always wonder, and I wish Paul Walker was alive today. But you know, damn, he, I think he would have really pushed it. I think he would have done the interview for the DVD too. I, oh, definitely, I'm sure. Like you said, it's it. You can tell there was a lot of fun on the set, and it sounds like everything you hear from behind the scenes, whether it's rumors or there's like, like you said, in interviews and facts to it, all of it still links to such a cohesive. Everybody kind of throwing in their two cents, having a good time with it. Everybody contributing. 
And that usually leads to, I think, a fun project, not just what the end result is, but what you guys got to experience. Oh, you know, the, the Buck Flower scene, you know, Buck Flower and some of these other actors, I can tell you right now, they did have a heart attack on the set. That's true. I can tell you right now, when we got to Yorba Linda Hospital, it was haunted. Um, I can tell you we were freaked out and wanted to get hell out of there as fast as we could. Um, I can tell you there were fires. I can tell you that we were a fire hazard and Stuart, you know, had to grease the fire marshal to let Denise finish her scenes. And I can also tell you that, you know, Denise, you know, really once I got to know her was a joy. I really liked Denise Richards. You know, we met because she had a, you know, one of those big old telephones. I, I say Mac daddy phone or whatever. And I needed to call an agent because Paul Walker and I on that testicular scene that they rewrote, we were going to quit. So we wanted to call our agents right. and we couldn't get a hold of Patrick and we couldn't get a hold of JJ Harris. And I had gotten Katie on the assistant. I'm like, you know, let me talk to JJ. She's on the set with Drew, you know? And it's like, so Paul Walker and I had to go back to the gymnasium um, up there in Thousand Oaks, kind of near the Peter Strauss ranch where we were actually filming in Malibu lakes, but we had to think, take it, block it. And Stuart just backed off, man. He, he just, showed up to the set and said, what do you guys want to do? And just let us alone, you know, but Paul Walker and I on the testicular standoff, as crazy as that sounds, we were on our own on that scene. So we sure. were like, and Stuart did let me direct quite a few scenes. He says, maybe someday you can be a director, George, if you want, which I am a pretty good director. I don't know why I never really pursued it. I just always like being in front of the camera, not behind it, but that was true. And then the bungee scene where I almost got my head bit off. I about died. You know, that's a true story where I talk about it on the DVD. I about got decapitated because they, they messed up with the bungee and they were supposed to pull it up slow and the thing snapped and took off like this. And they had this T-Rex, you know, animatronic thing that you're holding the head to weigh about 40, 50 pounds and your shoulders and the thing snapped and the teeth that were like really sharp rubber teeth, but they had insertions in that you'd screw it on there. Sure. Yeah. about choked me to death until the stuntman, you know, tackled me down and got me down. Yikes. Now I want to, I want to, I want to pick out something that you just said, um, that I find interesting. And I just want your take on this. Um, so I know you said that, you know, you could verify that the Yorba Linda hospital was, is haunted, right? Yeah. Like now I want to say, are you familiar with like, there's a ton of like these paranormal shows now that's like a, that's a real hot ticket item right like every every right. network's putting out ghost. these ghost hunters or ghost adventures exactly so my yeah. question is this i was thinking about this the other day and i just want your take on it um doing a series like that but going to places uh from cinema history that are recorded as haunted. So specifically focusing on like places like the Yorba Linda hospital featured in Tammy and the T-Rex and then going and do an exploration of that. And I, if I'm being honest and I'm going to show my cards here, cause I love you. I love this movie. I think you would be a great host of a show like that. Is that something you would be interested in? We can just put it out to the internet right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I would be interested in doing something like that. Um, you know, my whole life, I've, I've always like been an actor and a performer, but, you know, we're about jumping off an A-list territory, major studio stuff with this book and whatever. And, and this thing isn't even, the, this is the precursor to Citizen Pilgrim, my thing is talked about. But yeah, I would, and I would do it even if I was, you, you know, and I am popping now, because I'll tell you why I believe in the paranormal and I love doing something like that, you know, 
Maybe Pilgrim Studios over at Lionsgate is hearing this, you know, or something. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I was going to ask you, so having those experiences, like, can you think of a situation that you've had or an experience that you've had in the paranormal that you'd like to share? Like something that you're like, man, this happened or even something from the hospital there. Because you said, you know, yeah, it's for real haunted. Not to be a smart ass, but I probably would say my ex-girlfriend. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love them all. They're all they're all great people. Um, yeah, I have. And I live in Sedona, Arizona, and we're in a hot spot for unexplained phenomena in the air. One of the things we talked about with New York was some of that stuff a little bit touched on. And I had done a show called Uncovering Aliens, Black Ops Conspiracy for Raw, Raw TV that does Gold Rush in the UK. Yeah. And you know, we had a lot of experience with paranormal as far as UFO stuff. Now, haunted situations in haunted house. We got a town here called Jerome, Arizona, and it's an old mining town not too far from where I live in Sedona. And a really good friend of mine who has a thing called Sedona Files, her and I, for shits and giggles, went over there and we went to the Jerome Hotel in Jerome, Arizona, and we explored and we took, you know, the whole equipment and everything and cameras and we were thinking about, you know, shooting a sizzle reel, five minute presentation, which is what we would need to, you know, sell it to the production company or the network or whatever, sell a show. So Lena and I went and did this. We went to a graveyard. We went to the old Jerome hotel and we, we tooled around and I can't tell you the plethora of activity from voices calling me personally and Lena hearing it from the grave to sound like a cowboy to things moving in hotels. And the thing that was kind of cool is like, you know, I went back to my house and I felt like a lot of these things followed me, you know, that they did. And I had to, you know, they do that Indian stuff with the sage and whatnot to get rid of it. And it really did work. But, you know, I, I think to answer your question, when I think about it, that's really a phenomenal idea. So, yeah, I, that would be a cool thing to do. And God knows I know enough, you know, famous people and connected people that wouldn't be too hard to get on a major network with that one. But that's a good concept. But you you know, you got to shoot a sizzle reel, five minute presentation. Somebody got to shoot right. it ever. So, you know, if that's something 100%. you want for, I'd do it. Yes. Yes. Excellent. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about, you know, we've kind of talked about some of the stuff and I know we can't get too deep into it about things that may be coming up in the nearish future. Um, what have you, our times? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, what do you, what do you have going on right now that you can talk about that you want to talk about? Well, that's the big one. I mean, that's the behemoth right there. It's leading. It's, it's, a. let's just say that this is the big boys. And, um, you know, and I say that I'm saying that this is the precursor leading into the, to my whole story. This story is a big part of the major story that's coming out. Um, and I can't give you the title of it. I was just on the phone with all of them right now, but big, the biggest Pulitzer prize winning writers. And, you know, obviously it's highlighted around the whole genre of, you know, Viacom CBS and, and whatnot, sure. but it's all about citizen pilgrim and then leading into that. And of course I have some name people that are already, you know, are all over it. You know, I can't say names, you know, but sure. you know, <laughs> what I was wish the experience. I just can't. I just, yeah, I got a ton no, of lawyers. And I, and, and we want to, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm hoping that you slip up and give us some good stuff, but you know, <laughs> well, if it happens, I'm not going to argue with it. 
say we're the talk of Hollywood in New York City right now, and there's a lot of heat going on. But January, when this thing drops, then you'll see my thing drop. You know, I, I don't. The reason why I don't like talking about it too much is because I've said too much to too many people in Sedona that I probably should have shut my mouth. But I'm involved with some. I mean, these are major, major stuff, you know, and you're not really supposed to talk about it. And sure. I, that's really it but i will let you guys know when it drops and you go to the airport and you see the books everywhere and whatever please unscripted we're, we're very excited about it now i will want to i do want to say um you know adding author to the list of credentials is kind of uh kind of a big deal not everybody does that what was that experience like for you is kind <laughs> of like taking all of these experiences and putting it down onto the page well when you know Sydney uh, optioned it for Paramount or, or, or Viacom, whatever she did for Rich Hippie Productions. Um, she had hired Lisa Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize winning writer who does the Pulitzer Prize. That's her grandfather. So I got to work with Lisa Pulitzer on the original uh, book version. And then it kept getting tweaked out and tweaked out and tweaked out as we go on. And the thing about Citizen Pilgrim is me authoring it with somebody else and they're writing it and doing it is the book and the movie about my autobiography life story, which is really, it can be three books, four books, a trilogy really, because as people get older and things happen, more and more stuff is materialized. And the experience for me was it's been surreal and you caught me, you know, really at a good time. Cause I wouldn't have done this interview. I mean, let's just say I got Joe Rogan on a speed dial when this thing pops in Howard Stern, every 60 minutes, you name it. And the thing is, is it's so surreal because things keep playing out. You know, it's like yeah. just when I thought like Tammy and the T-Rex was dead, something happens, you know, like what's going on with, you know, the, the story with the, the Viacom CBS story, you know, how that keeps playing out. And I think it's a work in progress. And I think the extrapolation, guys, for you guys as host or whatever, is to extrapolate the best sound bites you can to put it in a pitch presentation form when you do your deliverables to Hollywood, whether it be Paramount, Warner Brothers, Sony, whoever, Netflix, you know, and totally. I think it's been played out in my life as it's going on. And I've had some ups and downs, but it's become surreal. And God yeah. knows. I was going to say, I mean, like literally your life is turning into the art that you are creating as well. So it's all just this like one kind of amalgam, right? It is. And when you have when you have major A-list talent in Hollywood, you know, calling you on speed dial and they're begging, they want first crack at the script. I want to do it. I want to do it. You know, sure. <clears throat> certain I, people, I can't say their names right now, but uh, some people, you know, I, I kind of do an imitation of his father on the DVD. So you have to do your homework. On. <laughs> All right. But, Noted. <laughs> Easter egg. You heard it here. Go check it out. Go scour the <laughs> that's what I'm doing right after this. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just saying, but that's one of many. No, that's one of many because, you know, something about Hollywood, guys, you know, they love a Cinderella story and they love a true Hollywood story. And they gobble that shit up like you just got off the bus and you're James Dean and you're the first actor in town. And the funny sure. thing is, goddamn, I've been around years. Sure, I've been hiding in Sedona, but... Every time I try to get away from the game, the game has sucked me back in. Like, you know, it pulls you back in. Air. New York Times, you know what I mean? It, it sucks you back in. And it's, you can't run from your destiny. I'm going to tell True. my family, It'll whether find you're you. a gamer, right? Whether you're a, a producer, 
whether you're a director, I will say this to all you youngsters out there and, and older people, find and fulfill your destiny and never, ever Ooh, give that. up your, your hopes. I don't care how small you are. If you just have an iPhone or whatever, you want to be a director, go practice. If you want to be a writer, go practice. You want to be an actor, go practice. Never let anybody tell you you're not good enough and never, ever judge yourself by looking at yourself in the abyss, which I call the mirror. Judge not ye, lest ye be judged. A famous person once said that in biblical terms. So my, my <laughs> thing to you guys is that go for it. And yeah. I think to, to answer your story about Tammy and the T-Rex, to circle back here vis-a-vis -vis yeah. is Tammy and the T-Rex has done it organically and it's doing it bigger than ever. You know, God That's rest right. Paul. So maybe he gave some life to this thing and put some fairy dust on it because I'm telling you right now, this thing's still growing. It's growing and growing and growing yep. and growing. You know, come on, man. I don't make this stuff up. You know, I'm just telling I, you what lived. I don't think some of the best Hollywood writers could make this stuff up. You no, know what no. I mean? <laughs> no, it's nothing fantastical. is more surreal than real, you know? It's fantastical. And the reality is, is the fantastical for like my life is every project I've been on is blown up or anything I've been involved with has become fantastical. But the reality is the average person can't comprehend unless you read it, see it, and say, holy shit. That's not fantastical. It's real. And the T-Rex, what? It's on Showtime? What? It's on, you know, Hulu? It's, yeah, they're getting distribution London. Distribution here. Distribution there. I don't, you know, the DVD sales, I don't handle that department. I don't have nothing to do with that. But I would say is, it's pretty damn cool that 26, 27 years later, you can see yourself as a young Billy Bat or whatever and a young Paul Walker. And it's crystal clear. And it's like, yesterday it's like a time machine going back in time and seeing yourself that's what i was gonna say yeah. and it keeps that's... showing movie channel and flicks and you know these outputs for showtime that showtime zones all these you know and i just wish that you know paul walker really was alive to have seen this corny film culty film explode the way it did and yeah i do you guys got to give paul walker credit would it have taken off the way it did if he wasn't have attached I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Well, I like how you mentioned Paul Walker enjoying this corny film. Let's let's not forget that underneath the Fast and Furious movies are pretty corny themselves. So it's it's <laughs> all right. It's got that. It's got that. N n I think what I enjoy most if I watch a Fast and Furious movie is that corniness piece. So I think he he definitely has succeeded in some of those films. And I think you're right. There's a lot to him. He definitely has that charm. That's something to where he just, when he smiles on screen, it's just, no matter who you are, and straight, gay, male, female, it's like, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, this is well, comfortable. It's five is really my favorite. You know, it's got The Rock, Vin Diesel, mm -hmm. all the players in there. And, you know, the funny thing about it is when he got killed in Santa Clarita, my phone was blowing up on, on Facebook because of Tammy and the T-Rex. There was an old something I put about something. And... I just remember crying. I mean, I actually got sad because I had a flashback when I lived in Santa Clarita in Valencia. And it's kind of funny because at the time, my my fiance at the time, she worked at Paramount. And I remember with being with Shauna and seeing him at the food court all the time. And he'd always come up and talk to me and go, cup, dude, cup, you know, like, you know, because we had to wear these, you know, Mac Daddy cups and stuff on the, and the, the, the LeBron James size. And he and I both threw him away because we didn't like him. But I cried because 
he always tried to be friendly with me. He, and he used to call me every once in a while. I'd get phone calls or whatever to hang out, go to his house, hang out with cars and all that. And I just, you know, I was too busy. I, I was doing my thing, you know, as most people do. And sure. I look back, I'm, you know, I hope Willow's doing okay, his daughter and his family. Yeah. I, I think it's sad because, you know, I, I just, I find it sad, really. Because his career really was just on its way to stellar stardom, you know. And he's a good actor. I mean, Paul's a really good actor. I mean, yeah. I saw him, you know, in a couple bad films, but a couple really good ones. You know, I liked him with the one with Scott Kahn, I think, and Jessica Alba, where he plays in you know, the diving and, and the deep and all that. Sure, and, yeah. You know, he had he had his potential like a James Dean. I mean, you know, he, he could have been, you know, a, a James Dean-type new version even though I get that a lot, but I wasn't near the stardom power that he had, but he had a st James Dean style, you know, meets the beach boys. That's how I always sure. saw him as dude. Totally. As cool. You know, and I think had, it's he had already had his kid when we were hanging out on the set and I was, me and him are the only ones with kids, you know? Yeah. So we were talking about that, how weird it was, you know, kids and changing diapers and, it wasn't really cool, you know, to have kids. You know anybody you know, you're really single, you know, but you weren't. You know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Hollywood. Uh, I will say, you know, it is, of course, it's sad when anybody gets cut short. You know what I mean? Like anybody's anybody's opportunity gets sh cut short. That that that's a real bummer. But um, I think it's exciting, and the fact that you know, here you are, some years later, off of taming the T Rex. And things are popping again, as you said. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I can tell you right now that nobody has pushed this the way that I did on the genre that I pushed it in. I don't know if they're going to cover it in this next book, but it, I, and I think that they'll talk about it. But I know they're damn sure covering it in the book and the movie about Citizen Pilgrim. And when it does come out and sells and goes and what they're doing with it and all these different things, I know that it's covered in there. And I think they probably touch on it. I hope they touch on it. Because I did even give a copy of the DVD and the interviews to, you know, all these powers to be in New York. Sure. And they've got, and I was actually on the phone. I says, God damn, you got to watch the interviews on the back. I said, you've got to see Denise Richards' interview. You've got to see my interview and Sean Whalen's because, you know, you're tying in corny, but you're seeing actors at their peak, you know, coming into the game. You know, I mean, they're, they're ready for the Super Bowl. I hope I keep not turning my head like I, I, I'm so screwed up, like trying to figure. You know, you're you're totally fine. I I'm trying. So to I definitely <laughs> I definitely want to ask. Uh, you know, obviously, Tammy and the T Rex genre film. Um, do you get a lot of opportunities? Do you take the time? Are movies something that you watch? Are you a a movie lo other than being involved with them on the you know on the the acting side and the creative side? <laughs> Are you a movie fan? Since since I really I've really become a hermit. I don't really want to deal with anybody at this point. I can't right now. But sure, I binge in my little theater in here where I'm talking to you, this big screen, and I binge Netflix, and you know I binge some of these shows, you know, and I just watch them on stuff. We have every movie channel imaginable here, and I really get off on some of these pieces on Netflix where I get really addicted to it. I mean. You know, one of my all-time favorite, you guys probably won't like it, but it's called Versailles. I loved Versailles. I couldn't get enough of watching Versailles over and over and over, you know. I could really relate to Versailles for some reason. I just could. I loved the acting. It was brilliant. And then the other one that I, I 
really, really like is some of these haunted castle or haunted hill, the house on haunted hill. I oh yeah, dark with the coffin and how they do it. But you know, so I really like these these types of shows. And of course, Reek Break. It wasn't Reek Break, but what was the one where the kids are down in Florida? And, oh, and uh, that's a Netflix series. Uh, yeah, uh, love, love it, love it. Yeah, that I was, can't think of the title off the top of my head, but yes, totally. It's it's very it's like a heisty kind of like a money. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it. And then I like the classics. I love Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis is my idol, the all time best actor, my favorite actor. I'd love to meet him. I'd love for him to actually be in Citizen Pilgrim someday when this movie gets made. Um, I think he's brilliant. There's a couple characters. I think Daniel Day Lewis, which I know you're not watching, but you know, you never know. Um, I like him a lot. I love him. There will be blood. I just yes. think that movie. Oh, it's one of my just, favorites. There will be blood. I've traveled over our state to be right. You know. <laughs> Like the, the milkshake so, scene is he's just brilliant. Is and, that your favorite role of his, or is there something else too that stands out for him? Because I love Daniel Day Lewis as well. Well, I mean, when you know Daniel Day Lewis, I have met him briefly at a party in LA, and he doesn't even act like that. You know, his agent, I had actually met with Hilda Queeley. She used to be at WME, William Morris Endeavor, and Hilda was from Ireland. So that's how they kind of knew each other. I don't know if she's a manager now or or what I met at a function for William Morris Endeavor when Hilda Hilda Queeley was his agent and he was totally soft-spoken hi nice to meet you thanks you know nothing like his characters you know that he plays in there will be blood and and, and I and I think that it blew me away because I had heard stories when he goes into character he doesn't come out of character even when he goes home or whatever he that's it you know and, you know, what was it, the Leonardo DiCaprio one, Kings of New York, Queens? What was the New York uh, Gangs of New Gangs York? Gangs of New York, yeah. You can't talk to him. I mean, I, I had heard stories, you know, from Paramount. You can't talk to him. He's just, that's it, man, until he's out of character. And his, it, it, his Bill the Butcher was, yeah. He walked. You know, he said, adios, this is my last one. Bye-bye, I'm done. You know, yeah. a lot of actors don't have that privilege. They, they're stuck or they get stuck on, like, what I did, soap opera. You know, you got to grind that shit out to make your money. But not many of them had the fortitude and the brilliant decision-making process of picking roles that he could make that longevity work, you know, which is why T-Rex for a lot of actors work begets work. You know, it's just, you got to know when to turn left and when to turn right in Hollywood. And the reason why a lot of actors guys, just so you know, out there, you need to know how to have business skills and representing yourself to get the right agent, manager, publicist, 90% in the game in Hollywood people is who you know and who you're connected to and the longevity game and knowing when to fire an agent or a manager and knowing when to keep them and knowing that they're real or not real. And that's something in Hollywood they don't teach you. I had to learn, you know, the, the school of hard knocks because, you know, I grinded it for 10 years in the game, you know, living sure. next to the Hollywood Bowl and Hollywood Hills, the whole thing, you know, and, they don't teach you those skills one-on-one when you go to NYU or you go to American Academy of Dramatic Arts or nope. they got to be an actor and feel it. <laughs> I drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> but talk to Daniel Day-Lewis about being a businessman or Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. Well, they sure had their, their game skills on, you know, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I don't we're know getting subject. Oh. 
All right. Well, George, we're getting close to time. So I, I wanted to do a few fun, quick hit questions for you. And it kind of some of them tie back to the movie. So just real quick, uh, some fun questions. What's your go to movie snack when you go to the go see a film? Oh, for sure. I like uh, red vines and popcorn. Okay. With my Ooh, favorite vines. classic together classic. together. Yeah, I, I do. Actually. And Coke. I like Coca-Cola and uh, red vines and popcorn. Yeah. Have you ever have, have you ever bitten the ends off of your red vine and put it in your Coca-Cola and use it like a straw? I think I was in Sedona the last time I saw one of the Star Wars movie. Um, and I had red vines. I bought everybody red vines and popcorn and yeah, I was doing that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way that's the way to do it. It's the best way. What's your uh so what's one dream destination, a place you haven't been to yet that you'd like to get to? That I haven't been to? Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I probably, I like Amalfi, you know, Amalfi Coast I'd like to go to. I never, I haven't, you know, we were supposed to get there. We never really quite made it, me and somebody else. But I would like the Amalfi Coast and, and you know, where Clooney has his house over there and uh, on the lake, I don't the Lake Como or something like that. I'd like to go there. Um, that's really about it. I've been pretty much a lot of places already, but I never, I never made it to Amalfi. I'd be cool. I love it. Italy loves me. I don't know why. I always get, you know, Santorini. <laughs> How could they not? Yeah, they love me in Italy. I don't know why. You know, they, they do. I guess I'd be interested how this is pops Tammy and the T-Rex once it actually gets on, you know, through those output deals that they have out there through uh, the, the network. The Italians love their, their giallo and their crazy, like, you know, over the top gore and horror stuff. So <laughs> I think I think it's well, they- poised for a big hit there. Yeah, they, you know, Guiding Light, the, the CBS soap opera that I was on, I played Jay Chamberlain, AJ, you know, number one, the first one. And I had gotten an interview, but I got so many hits from that stupid interview. I, I couldn't believe it. It was like a blog, but it was in somewhere in Italy, you know, in Sicily or some, or Santorini Times. And they did it. And I couldn't believe how popular soaps are because they play all the time there. They must have some Love syndication it. deal over in, you know, Italy. We see you it- Italians. We see your love for George Pilgrim. We love Italy. I know. All right. I won't say those. Uh, So continuing on some quick hits. What's uh, what's your drink you can't live without? Oh, coffee for sure. I love coffee. Coffee Coffee in the morning for sure. Um, And I've been addicted to this stupid iced tea stuff that you buy in the the jars, but you got to drink it real fast or it goes bad, you know. But I love the the iced tea and the. and of course, coffee, that's about it. I don't even drink alcohol anymore. I quit drinking a while ago. You know, I finally, I've actually been not drink, drank in, in a long time. I don't know, four, five, six months now. I don't drink anymore. So before that, I would have liked, you know, cognac, whiskey, but I haven't been touching the, the booze. So I like the coffee. Coffee is a great answer. Coffee is a great answer for sure. And then the last one is uh, what, what's the one director you would, you would love an opportunity to work with? Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Just my answer. Happen. There you go. I um, love it. I want to see it. There oh you go. Oh my. Oh. <laughs> uh, awesome. I, I I think he's. I I saw you know the, the new film. I had gotten it from the Academy. I re- watched it. Macho. Uh, I just think Clint's cool, man. You know, I like his style as a director. Um, I like it. I like it a lot, man. 
I still Grand Torino still blows me away anytime uh, I watch it. Oh, that was really I, I think that he really captures beats. You know, he captures moments and he's not and and from what I hear of actors obviously and what I know of him, um, he lets them play it out on as many takes. He he lets them you know, I've heard that he lets them play it out and then lets them be in their creative process, you know. I right. love it. Awesome. Good choice. Solid choice. There you go. Well, George, we're tight on time. I know you have George. Uh, is it georgepilgrim.com? Is that the website? Pilgrim.com, but I need to update some things on that. You know, CF3 used to be on there for some reason. I don't know. There's problems with that. It's been on there, off there. Uh, there'll well, be we a can lot make of- sure that gets linked up to you again. Yeah, no I will. Problem. I will put it on there. But, you know, I also got a little, you know, chicken shit Facebook page is public. But uh, georgepilgrim.com for the latest news, all the Vanity Fair articles and all the news that's going to be coming out in January, February. But it'll, it's it's in pilot mode till then. Um that's really the best spot is go to georgepilgrim.com. And, and if you guys haven't checked out Tammy and the T-Rex on Showtime, Apple TV, Hulu, Shudder, uh, or any of these. Buy apps, it. Like you said, buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Vinegar Syndrome and watch the Denise Richards interview, George Pilgrim interview, and of course, Sean Whalen interview. And I'd like to shout out to Ellen Dubin. She's always been a big supporter of me. Ellen, I'm a big fan of you. Love you, babe. I hope you're doing well. I can't wait to see that period piece that you're doing about pilots or something. I think you're the best, Ellen. And I'd like to shout out to my my crib and crew in Los Angeles. And you know what we do, because we do. We do <laughs> I love we it. Do. Awesome, George. I look forward to uh, hearing what you do, and you know we'll go from there. Perfect. George, well, thank you so much. Before we do wrap, for all you fans watching, of course, on over, head on over to projectnerd.com. That's project-nerd.com, not only for the Nerdcast, but all of our other great podcasts and web series. And, of course, you can – Go on over to YouTube, search Project Nerd, or anywhere you get your podcasts for the audio versions of all of our shows as well. Um, And just like George, we're over on Facebook. You can also catch us on Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok now. I think Leah's running some of those fun TikTok videos over there. TikTok's out of my league. What is the TikTok? (laughs) But we're doing it, apparently. And more exciting news to come from Project Nerd as well as we have some big things coming around the new year, too. Probably not as big as what George has got, but we've got some fun things coming up with our uh, anniversary. Heck, maybe they'll involve George. No, I don't know. I wouldn't mind. But anyways, George, this was great. I was so excited. And it was, the timing was seriously perfect because I had just picked up my copy of Tammy and the T-Rex and shown it to my son and fiance. So I am so excited. We got the chance. You say Beyonce? Is that your Beyonce? Beyonce. Beyonce. Sorry. Beyonce. My my Beyonce, that's what I call it. I, I, in this house, I'm Jay-Z and I have my Beyonce. No, no. Jay-Z and Beyonce would love Tammy and the T-Rex. I, I know they're going to love the story next year that comes out, but yeah. But I, I think so. I, it's an honor. Thank you very much. Thank Gotta you. I, good luck to you. Awesome, George. Thanks again for everybody else. Catch us next time. That's it for us on the Nerdcast. Talk See to you. Later.